following is a GoPowerCat.com production. Surprise! I wasn't supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be in Kansas City with a doctor, but Mother Nature had a different idea. And this is The Insiders. Welcome to The Insiders, your K-State sports show. Presented by Synergy Financial Partners. Now let's go to the rolling Flint Hills, home of the Cats and Dogs studio. Here's your host, Tim Fitzgerald. There's the crew. There's the crew. Ryan Gilbert joining us uh, today uh, until, uh, I hope my sound's right, until Tim Everson gets here. And uh, then I think we're going to do just the, uh, the the five of us for a while. And why am I off camera? Why why, why did my camera get moved over there? <laughs> Hi. Oh, there we go. Um, hey, Fitz. Yeah. Uh, is everyone good? Everyone good? Everyone did Nobody slipped and fell down today? Even, even uh, in... Uh, beautiful frisco they had freezing rain according mm-hmm. to our, our i got a personal weatherman down there he's on the show with us <laughs> but yeah that freezing rain and i was supposed to be in kansas city but it looked like an ice rink today so i thought no not doing it sunny in 75 in topeka uh, of course it's always sunny in 75 in topeka and you know what the temperature is around gilbert's aggieville suite it's 69 <laughs> it is Weather's always nice. Weather's always nice. Uh, Guys, we got a few things to get to today. Uh, Not much home basketball happening for Kansas State this week. Uh, The men are on the road to Iowa State on Wednesday and Houston on Saturday. That'll be interesting. That's a heck of a back-to-back road trip um, to great venues. The women are on the road tonight. They've got a big Monday game with Baylor, and it's a big game for both teams. Baylor's now at 13. The women rise to number four, number four in the nation, and they rose three spots without Aoka Lee, um, and then they return home. The only home game for K-State basketball this week is uh, the women are home Saturday with BYU. But, Glenn, you caught the doubleheader on Saturday, and I want to talk about the, the doubleheader concept, but you got to see the women. Um, yeah. It was good to get that first win for the K-State women without uh, Yoki out there. Yeah, it was. And they had experience playing like this last year, of course. She was out for the whole season. So they knew they could win without her. They were a competent team and a good team at that last year. But it's good to go out there and get it done. Because we're talking about, I think he's, I think Coach Mitty said Thursday night that they found out that she wasn't going to be able to, that, that she needed surgery, that she wasn't going to be able to play on Saturday. So you're talking about a 48-hour turnaround to really change your entire game plan. Now, I will say, KU's starting center went out in the first quarter, and so that changed their game plan as well. Both teams were without their center. When K-State plays a team that has a true center, it's going to be a true center healthy, I should say. It's going to be an even tougher test, but they have so many playmakers, and and it it was their depth that that, uh, really they showed off on Saturday. I mean, uh, the Glenn twins, Serena Sundell, um, and – Gabby Gregory, but then the list goes on beyond that. Gisela Sanchez was the one who got the start in place yeah. of Lee, and she was actually pretty solid, and they kind of went by committee there. Um, and I think in a way that frees you up defensively, too, to not have to play scared defensively if, if instead of it being Lee, the whole game, you're going to play four bigs. And if they get two fouls in the first quarter, it's not the end of the world because you have three others that might get, a spot, get some minutes there in the five spot. Yeah, indeed. It, uh, it, it was impressive because – uh, they kind of just reverted to their old identity, didn't they? They just got, went, went back to how they won with last season without her, but that's going to get really challenging, and now they've got a target on them. Uh, but, Ryan Gilbert, you were there for the at least the men's portion of the doubleheader. So 
fans could come to to Manhattan on Saturday and see a 1 p.m. women's game, go do a few things around town, and then catch a 6 p.m. men's game. That's cool, man. That I wish K-State could do that all the time. I wish this conference would think about doing that quite often. And, you know, I, I don't mean in any way to make this like varsity, Judy varsity, but doing men's, women's double headers, whether it's the men first or the women first, I don't care. With that gap in between, works so well for Kansas State. I'm curious if it works other places. But, mm-hmm. Gills, how, how cool was that to have that double header and the fans be able to stick around? Well, it gives people plenty of time to go to Taco Lucha, right? Grab a Nancy, grab a bean dip between games. You know? Come on. What, what, what? You're just <laughs> relentless. It, we're sponsored by Synergy. We're not sponsored by Taco Lucha. Make sure you check out Synergy Financial Partners. They don't, they don't make tacos. But you'll feel like uh, every day is Taco Tuesday when they're helping you with your financial future. There you go. Is that, a, is that an official motto? I could be it now. It's Taco <laughs> Tuesday for your wallet. They could work in <laughs> some great. Nancy's into your budget. They'll do a great job with that, I'm sure. But you've got to get there and get those Nancy's. You've got no, to. Will you stay? I mean, yeah, the, the timing. You know, you got a few hours off, and they cleared out Bramwich. Um, you know, you couldn't just stay in there. It's not like the Big 12 tournament where it's just boom, boom, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's great. And obviously we're having this conversation though, guys, let's be honest is because K-State is good in women's, right? right? Uh, you know, winning is, is so important. You know, Jerome Tang always talks about, I asked him today in this press conference we had, I'm sure we'll dive into men's, but you know, just winning helps everything. Right. And so whether that's men's, women's, whatever, it's just, if K-State's winning these games, then we are having this conversation. Yeah. It, it's fun. Basketball's fun right yeah. now. Big B. Um, I didn't introduce my crew here. That's Big D. That's Glenn. Uh, that's Ryan. Uh, Tim's in timeout. All Tim's are in timeout uh, for their behavior, apparently, in the past. Um, but uh, Big B, this this is a fun time to be watching K State basketball. I mean, this Absolutely. is uh, uh, God and and fans. I I really appreciated the KU coach. Glenn, help me out with his name. I just totally spaced it. Brandon uh, Schneider. Yeah, uh, pointing out how great the student section was for the women's game. Uh, I don't know. I I just I think K State students are amazing as fans. I, I go to other games and and I they have great fan bases. But Big B, there's something about K State students and how they've earned great seats. They've earned sideline seats, you know, mm-hmm. at football because they impact the game. In basketball, they earned it because they paid for the arena back in the 80s but uh they're never going to lose them because they're so impactful and and most arenas don't let them students sit right there in midcourt but at k-state you do because you have an impact on the game absolutely you know and i find those are the best environments you know i grew up in louisville i know i mention that all the time and you it's did? a wine and cheese crowd it's oh, yeah. you know the, the student section is not that big of a deal now they get a lot of people there or they used to anyway before they stunk the last three years, but they get a lot of people at the arena. But at the same time, it's like, okay, where's the noise? I mean, it gets loud at certain times, but it's not a student section. A, st- a real student section makes a difference, man. And, and and to be able to be right there on the sidelines is huge, not only as a player, you know, as other fans. And you'll find other fans join in. They love it when a student section is, is loud and rambunctious, uh, but the one thing about K-State student section, which I'm not taking away from anybody else, but K-State student section are knowledgeable. They understand what's going on 
at the game. That makes a huge difference. You just don't have a bunch of fans out there yelling when we're trying to shoot free throws. I mean, I've seen that at other places before. I'm like, Jamie, Chris, what is going on here? You know, you're just being loud to be loud, which mm-hmm. can be okay. But K-State student section is very knowledgeable about what's going on. They get after you. Uh, and it has an impact. It has an mm-hmm. impact. But yeah. more importantly, it's just fun. It's just yeah. fun. It definitely right. is, Brian. And and knowledgeable is actually the exact word that Jeff Mitty used post game. The example he uses, he said that you know when you ninety six hundred. By the way, was that case to women's basketball on Saturday? He called it the best uh-huh. crowd since UConn. I believe that was in twenty sixteen. Um, and he called them a knowledgeable crowd in the sense that they they got going when they needed a play. When Kansas mm-hmm. went on a six zero run, the crowd came to life. And, and right. typically, you're you know your average fan is cheering when your team hits a three or when your team goes on a run and the other team has to call a timeout. Uh, they were cheering when they felt like the cats needed the energy. And, and I think it helped. Uh, that was a three point game in the fourth quarter. And and I think that the crowd boost uh, made a difference. And then the crowd uh, did their work again. Uh, I mean, uh, when the men tipped off against Oklahoma state on Saturday night, it was uh, it was a good atmosphere, but Gilbert, the, this K State men's team is somehow four and one in the conference, and yet uh, again they struggled, but they got it done. Wins the win, man, and yeah, uh, it is no such thing as an ugly win, according to Jerome Tang. Uh, I forget who asked him after that Oklahoma State win. You know, this was maybe ugly. How'd you pull it out? And you know, Tang said that there's no such thing as an ugly win. You've seen ugly losses, right? But Wins the win, right. doesn't matter how you get it. Obviously, you go to overtime like K-State's done all year, or you win by 40. Um, to be 4-1 and one right now is, I mean, this is the toughest stretch that K-State's going to have all season, without a doubt, coming up with Houston on, on Saturday, and then first they've got Iowa State. But it's really just a one-game season, right? And Jerome Tang said that they're not thinking about Houston. Um, all the focus right now is on Iowa State, but it's not easy to win mm-hmm. up at the Coliseum. I mean, that's a tough place to play, but... Jerome Tang mentioned how his guys sort of embrace that challenge. They love to, to I guess, play play up to the environment, right? You know, it's, yeah. it, they'd rather be in a, a loud, uh, hostile environment rather than play at, you know, play at LSU. None of us, I don't think, were, were there. But, like, on TV, there was there was nobody in the stands for that game. So, no. they're ready. And, you know, I don't I don't want to say if you go one and one, you're happy. But let's be real. But here, if guys. you go one and one, you're happy. Yeah, I didn't say it. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that'd be remarkable. Um, let's back up to the Baylor game, Brian Hanley. Uh, I, I still can't explain this league, <laughs> let alone how K-State yeah. won with 17 turnovers and taking 22 fewer shots against the number nine team in the nation. But they're playing great defense. Kansas State is yep. playing outstanding defense right now. It kept them in touch with Oklahoma State, and it kept them even with Baylor all the way to the end. They closed the gap at the buzzer, got it to overtime, Baylor hit some threes, which they hadn't been doing. I think Brian Gilbert and I would agree. Uh oh, here they go. They're they're gonna they're, and K State fall back. This team uses defense and tenacity to get it done, and it's been a winning formula. Well, and that's the one thing, Fitz, is that if you can play defense, and know we're talking about the Baylor game, and they did, they they locked them up when they had to lock them up, which is is absolutely key. But going on the road. That's the one thing I know it's a cliche, but it, it's the truth. Defense travels, man. And if you can go and play good defense on the road, especially in this conference, then you got a shot because it, it just gets brutal. I mean, there's just no nights off um, 
and K-State's going to need that defense because if they can't get the turnover margin cleaned up, Fitz, I know you've touched on it several different times. If they can't get that tur- the turnovers touched up, then you got to have something to offset the turnovers. And yeah. usually it's second chance rebounds, which uh, we, we rebound okay. I'm not sure that we're great offensive rebounders, but to do that, to offset the turnovers is you got to stop people. You got to have them miss shots. And that's what K-State was able to do against Baylor. Um, I don't know if it was Baylor missing shots. I'm going to give the credit to K-State. K-State was uh, was in their grill. They weren't giving yeah. up a lot of airspace, you know, guys just getting wide open shots. I mean, there were a few, but for the most part, K-State, were guard. they were guarding the Baylor guys. And that's where the difference comes in. They were guarding them, uh, creating the opportunities for them to miss those shots. And they just got to continue to do that because – it doesn't sound like we're going to be – I mean, at this point in the season, you know whether you're a good offensive team or not. Yep. K-State is not. So if they're not going to be – I mean, they can have spurts where they make a bunch of shots, but for the most part, they're not doing that. So we got to be a defensive team. we got to grind it out that way. You can win the league that way, though. I, I can tell you that right now. It'll be tough. Every game will be down to the wire. Yeah. Uh, we'll be pulling all the hair out that I got, which I think I have one or two still up there. Uh, but – you can win doing that. So we just have to embrace it. And I think for the most part, I think we have uh, as a team. I think they've embraced who we are and how we have to win. You're not going to win, especially in this league. You're not going to win, you know, by 20 points, you know, a lot of nights. And just looking at the schedule coming up, it's like, man, where is, I mean, where's yeah. the gimme game? It's at, Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State, we're calling that the gimme game? I'm like, come on. It's just. <laughs> It's brutal, man. It's brutal. It's crazy. They got Oklahoma coming up in Manhattan, and it just gets worse. It's just, yeah. Oh, <clears throat> this conference is silly, and it's silly not because, as it turns out, uh, Glenn and Gills. Oh, I like that. You guys should do a podcast, Glenn and Gills. Ooh, sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, as no. long as we keep Glenn first. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Uh, Glenn. Gills and Glenn doesn't have the same ring. Glenn and Gills. <laughs> um where was I going with this? <laughs> uh, it's uh, the the games that seem to be tough now aren't the ones that you expect against a Baylor or against a Texas or against you know someone that's obvious. You know that's going to be tough. Kansas has now lost to UCF in West Virginia, mm-hmm. and I don't say that as an insult. I say that as it's impossible in this county. Yeah. You're going on the road. Oh, you're going to UCF. You win. Oh, you didn't. You, you get you'll get it back at West Virginia. You didn't. That's just it, it. Shouldn't surprise anyone. Kansas lost. Maybe it should surprise us. They lost both of them. But this conference, guys, is it's stupid. Is there yeah. anywhere where you can go and get an easy win? No. You might get one, no. but you can't expect it. No, it's unbelievable. And I, I will be very interested to see. Just looking at the two teams that that we cover here at Topeka, K State and KU. I'll be interested to see how how many times the home team pulls out these close ones. If you look at K-State specifically, they pulled out the really close one against Oklahoma State yep. and against Baylor, but they dropped the one on the road in the Lubbock. Yep. You can say the same thing about KU. I look at the TCU game. They they barely pulled that one out. And then on, on the road in Morgantown and Orlando, they dropped those ones. At the end of the year, I, I don't – you know, maybe Gills, maybe you would want to do it for me because uh, I'd like to know, but I don't want to put the work in to figure it out. But I'd be interested to see how many games decided by maybe, I don't know, seven points or less in the Big 12 does the home team win. And that goes into a number of factors. You you can talk about, 
the team being comfortable. You can talk about the crowd. You can talk about officiating. But the fact of the matter is, if every game you're going to play in is going to come down to the wire, uh, it helps when you're at home for those games. And also, you're you know sitting in an airplane for a few hours, and then you're sitting sleeping in a hotel bed. Like that stuff sorts you know begins to add up. Um, and that's why I'm always harping on K State trying to avoid overtime games. It's great that this team is able to win, but yeah. those extra five minutes are really going to start to add up for this team. But Glenn, I mean, if your name is going to be first on our little podcast, you got to be the one to do the research. I'm not your intern. Okay. Okay. Uh, I did. I did find out. I believe that 10 of K state's 18 games have been decided by single digits. I, I, I was almost lower than I, than I expected, which is wild, but it's... Uh, it, it, we need to get AI uh, on it, on a there podcast like this. So you can go, uh, AI, tell us uh, how yeah. many games has the home team won that have been decided by seven points or, or fewer. I, I didn't know Allen Iverson was so proficient with Big 12 basketball. I know. He's really good. Uh, dribbling and calculations. Those are his things, man. And tats. Those, those, are, that's, that's his, those are his lanes. And don't mess with him. Uh, but, yeah, this, this team's got to sort it out. But, uh, Ryan, they might be in for this week. Uh, uh, that's my that's my panic noise. Uh, Hilton Coliseum is always brutal. K-State has mm-hmm. one up there. Uh, but it, I expect it to be. Uh, very hostile. Very, I mean, it's 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 an awesome environment for college basketball. It really is. Uh, I would like to say this though, um, because it's winter and the and the cold. I've never been to the poles. I just want to. I want you to know. Uh, I've never been to the North Pole, South Pole, or Poland. Um, none any of the poles. I've not been to any of those. Um, but I will say this: the coldest place I've been on Earth was the Hilton Coliseum parking lot in winter. I about died walking from car <laughs> to building. Well, last year I have me never and Zach felt there. anything. Me and Zach were there last year. We got snowballs thrown at us walking into Hilton. Oh no, <laughs> that, that was money well spent on my. You know phone. what? You know what would help with that walk? Maybe if a, a little bridge in Ames, Iowa, huh? It's now and for basketball season. It is the bridge to nowhere. It goes <laughs> doesn't go to the right spot. Anyhow, uh, that's going to be really tough, Gills. And then you come back and you go to Houston. Uh, K State's never experienced that. Um, it'll be you know kind of they don't play Virginia style basketball, but it ain't real high scoring. But they get after you. Uh, this is a huge week, isn't it? The the most challenging part, and Big B, you mentioned the turnovers a, a little bit ago. So the most challenging part just of this Iowa State game. Cyclones are so good at at forcing turnovers and not turning the ball over. That's been K-State's Achilles heel pretty much all season long. Um, you're not going to win many games in the Big 12 committing, you know, 15, 16, way more than that turnovers. Obviously, that was back-to-back wins for K-State with 17 turnovers in each of those Oklahoma State and Baylor games. But that's un- it's unreasonable to expect K-State to win games with that many turnovers. That's just not going to happen. So, that, that's probably the biggest key for that Iowa State game is really just limiting turnovers and then trying to figure out ways to make Iowa State uncomfortable. They're obviously going to be comfortable playing at home, but throw something at them that they maybe haven't seen before. We'll, we'll see what Jerome Tang and his staff can, can scheme up. Like a walking taco? Oh, they've seen that before. Yeah. Um, yeah I, look, this I, I've come to this conclusion over the last three games that this team can win with 17 turnovers. But one more, and they can't win because they had 18 at Tech. <laughs> they had they 18 never won at Tech. a Big 12 game. They're 0-6 in 
Big 12 games with 18 or more turnovers. And That's my research, Glenn. Thank you. There, there was, we go. That was, a, that was a sick drop, Gills. Right there in the middle. People learn something on this show, and we try not to teach anyone anything. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, but, yeah, that it's, it's amazing. When you stop and think about the progress of a game, and, and if you look at how these games played out, Baylor and Oklahoma State, you can actually say, you know what, if they did have one more turnover, they might have lost. That's how close the game was, and maybe if they've won less at Lubbock, they get away with the win. It's incredible. So that'll be something to track uh, in both of these games on the road is is how that shapes out. Um, but it's uh, it's an adventure. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we have a super chat here, um, and uh, Canelio, we appreciate it so much. Uh, has this team? This team's played zone a little bit this year, haven't they? Did, did they play any zone on Saturday, Gills? I, I don't remember tell it. you on Saturday, but they have done it. They have gone to it. Usually uh, it's been out of a timeout. Like, yeah. you know, the other team will, you know, try to scheme up something. And then obviously that plan is ruined when K-State goes to zone. So obviously they don't do it a whole lot, but I have seen it this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it's interesting to me because if you're familiar with Baylor basketball up until not that many years ago, Baylor was a zone team. Mm -hmm. They played exclusively zone and they were really good at it. And then eventually Scott Drew decided, well, we need probably need to go man to, you know, take the next step. And that's exactly what happened. They went man and ended up winning the national title soon after, but they still mix in zone. I am surprised, though, uh, Big B, that K-State hasn't used more zone based on the history of Baylor basketball and how effective it was. But uh, they're getting it done with just great man-to-man -man defense and uh, I, I think it's funny that K-State claims to have three guys that coach defense and and one, Coach Perry, that coaches offense. This team looks like it's a defensive team. Yeah, it does. Um, but, you know, again, I think it comes back to having a good coaching staff and also players with good basketball IQ that understands what they are. Now, I say good basketball IQ, and here we're talking about them having 17, 17, and 18 turnovers in a game. I think that has more to do with we don't have a true point guard on the team than basketball IQ. Uh, but I, I think that comes back, like I mentioned before, I think it just comes back to guys just understanding, look, if we guard them, we have a better chance to win. If we get after them, we have a better chance to win. Whether shots go in or out, uh, and I think they understand, you know, because sometimes when you have guys that are known to be shooters, guys that are known to be these great scorers, if the ball didn't go in, it'll affect their defense. It just that that happens. Well, while we have guys that are capable of making shots and scoring points, I think their identity is, you know what? I'm a good athlete. I can guard these guys. And if we can get after them and we can guard them, he goes, whatever happens on the other end is going to happen. But we're going to do our best to stop them from scoring because that's our best chance to win i just think that that the coaching staff has probably drilled that into their head and again we have high basketball iq guys that understand you know we're far, this far into the season that they get it they just get it it's like hey man if we guard them i go that's our best chance because we haven't shown that we've been able to make a ton of shots consistently enough to go out and, and score 85 points and beat people. We just haven't right. shown that. So, But if we can keep you to 60, 62, we can win. And I go, and that's where yeah. the difference comes in. Yeah, and, make no, and make no mistake, that momentum and that confidence can come from the defensive end of the floor. I mean, you talk Absolutely. about a five-second call or a, or a traveling call uh, yes. when you lock a guy mm -hmm. up. I mean, the guys get fired up on that. I think you could be 0 or 3 or 0 for 4 from the field 
but you get a big stop on defense or you swat a guy, um, and all of a sudden you think that next shot's going down. I'm like, dude, you didn't fix your jumper. You just got to right. stop on defense. But the crowd gets into it at that point. And so that they got to – hey, guys, a team that's taking a ton of pride in their defense and it's working out all right, the number four team in America, K-State women's basketball. Okay, they, yep. They've got the whole – the stuffed animal, the gap goat, and they, they take pride. And you got to get three stops in a row. They, that That's a big reason why they won the game on Saturday. They held KU to – two baskets from the field in the first quarter. So take a page out of their book because uh, it's working pretty good. I I think K-State men's basketball needs the gap gills. Mm. And then, yeah, like a stuffed, stuffed gills. Stuffed gills. <laughs> like it's a little skinny doll with lots of hair. Uh, and uh, and, and then, it always talks about time. I think it's a little voodoo doll. And look, yeah, exactly. Oh, in that'd it. be so good. And in the back. <laughs> One hand, he's got a taco. and the other hand, he's got a margarita. <laughs> Trying to give it to you. He's the gap, Gills. Three three turnover. You don't want that, Gills. You could make some money off this, Gills. You mm. could. You could. All right. Is Everson here yet? No, he's not. He's done being, <laughs> done being yes. bullied on here. Stick around. God, um, stick around. We were talking about zone. Uh, back to back to the topic at hand. Yeah. Right? You're, you can only play the, the cards you're dealt, right? And so, obviously, you have a, a say in the players that you bring into your program, right? Yeah. All that stuff is true, but you know, like this year, K State moved to a five-out offense. That's because, and obviously, Naquan's gone. But like, you know, you got players like Naquan and Arthur, guys that you want to get out. You know, maybe on the wing more. Like we saw, David Gasson hit a three-pointer. Should have had two against Oklahoma State. One of them got waved off, but he had one against Oklahoma State. You get these guys playing outside. You're playing to the strengths of your team, and so at some point in the future, I wouldn't be shocked if. K-State is a zone defense team, right? Not this year, but maybe in the years to come. It just depends on on the players that you have, right? And mm-hmm. obviously, Jerome Tang's recruiting some pretty dang good players. Uh, David Castillo is is still a top 50 player. Uh, 24-7 Sports just updated its rankings today. And so there's only one signee for next year. You'd like to see maybe more, right? K-State obviously missed out on Pat Gongba. There's no doubt about that. But the future is bright. You're going to have good athletes coming in here. And so you're going to you're going to cater to their strengths right you're going to do what works best for your team and that's evident in this five out offense that we saw this season that Jerome Tang and his staff implemented yeah it's uh it's going to be a huge stretch here we'll see what happens we're going to talk about what's upcoming for Kansas State uh after this week and you know down the stretch here or down the middle of this stretch uh that is going to be incredibly challenging for the men as i mentioned the women, and we have a, a preview for their VIP customers available at Go Paracat from my nephew, Ethan, who's been helping out with some women's basketball stuff, but it's his pregame analysis for tonight's game available at Go Paracat. And we will be back right after this message from our sponsors, including our great friends at Synergy Financial Partners. At Synergy Financial Partners, the mission is to change the way Americans plan for their financial future. Synergy doesn't just offer you a financial plan. At Synergy, the goal is to help you find your best financial future. Learn more at SynergyFinancial.com. Welcome back to the show. Let's head back to the studio. We are back on the Insiders, your K-State sports show, as we uh, are talking mostly basketball today. Uh, Brian Haley, not a lot of football news. I need. I, I'm sorry. I'm a football guy. I got to watch <laughs> the Chiefs win. Uh, yeah, go Chiefs. But uh, not a lot of football news on on the K State side of things right now. This is kind of the they've got you know recruiting cleanup, transfer portal stuff. But this is kind of a little bit of a 
slow down part, isn't it, for, for football around the nation? It is. But, I mean, once they moved and they, or I shouldn't say move, once they added in the early signing period, you know, yep. then I know the next signing period is coming up, but how many of those guys are actually going to sign? So it's just, there's still guys out there. Don't get me wrong. There's still guys out there. I said, but right now is just kind of the, 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 the dead period. I, I should say, you know, um, I guess guys could still be out there being trying to get guys in for the transfer portal. But I think a lot of those guys want to have already been somewhere that were they're in it. I know there's still plenty of guys that are still out there. Let's not kid ourselves. There's still plenty of guys out there, but, I would think a lot of those guys are kind of the pick of the litter guys uh, that maybe K-State has picked over or other schools have picked over. So that's kind of where it is right now. It's just conditioning, getting some more guys in possibly from the transfer portal, the next signing period, but not a lot going on. Uh, but sometimes I, I would say, it, it, you know, some, some quiet time or some downtime it can be a good thing. You know, just get your guys ready for for spring for the spring season. There's nothing wrong with that. Just a little little dead silence for a little bit. They did pick up Dante Cephas out of the transfer portal they receiver. They needed that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he played for Coach Middleton. Um, what at Kent State? I just had a brain mm-hmm. hurt. Uh, and then you know went to Penn State. Now he's at K State. <laughs> I see a theme here. I mean, yeah. I know why why you're picking colleges that you are, Dante. I I get it. Uh, but um. Ron Gilbert, they needed a receiver. They found a receiver, and they're still looking for a receiver. I think they quickly realized we got to up the ante in mm-hmm. that receiver room, and and I think we can all agree with that. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing this for years. years. I feel like Fitz mm-hmm. on all the podcasts we do. You know, what's the one position? All I mean, it's always receiver, right? I mean, that's been. Yep. I don't. I don't. I said the word Achilles heel earlier with the hoops team. I don't want to say that's been this team's Achilles heel, but certainly an area where they're lacking and that's mm-hmm. not a knock on Malik Knowles or Cade Warner, any of the guys that have come in through this program. But, mm-hmm. and also I, I would challenge, I would challenge Keegan Johnson like a year ago from now, or maybe a little more, less than a year, more than a year, whatever leading into the to last season, we all thought he was going to have a breakout year. It didn't really happen. I was he awful. No, he just wasn't uh, the star that maybe some of us had hoped he would be. RJ mm-hmm. Garcia is gone. That's another guy who we were really high on. He's leaving, and so you just got to develop these guys better. I mean, there's no other way to put it, guys. Yep. If you've got any questions for us, go ahead and drop them in the chat. Um, we're going to be taking some questions here. Uh, I don't know where Team Everson is. Um, he's pulled the stunt. Look, I know you got a deadline, uh, but there he is. You were he is. I don't have him. Oh, he's down there. Oh, hi. Yep. How long have you? How long have you been down there? We're going to the <laughs> no. five. We're going to the oh, five. No. There we go. Have you been down there? Only for a couple seconds. Okay. Woo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only for twenty-five minutes. So just I, long enough to hear you slander me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at it. Um, look, uh, I've got I've got a monitor here that's running it. I got a monitor here, and both of them have five photos at the bottom, uh, including uh, I'm going to get rid of Gills. Is I don't know what Gills is doing. What is Gills doing? Where did Gills go? Including this. Uh, I'm sorry, Gills. I kicked you out for that. Uh, the Cats and Dogs studio. I'll bring Gills back in now. I love how it just moves everyone around. Like, I don't add it into the the blank spot. I'm just going to move everyone. Uh, we, this is our five look, guys. How do you like it? It's kind of sexy. I think it looks good, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the downside is Gills is here. Um, 
So if you got any questions, if you got any questions for Gills, yeah, make sure you drop them in the chat. Uh, let's back up here and let's get this one as we shift back to basketball from Abe. Uh, how does this team do in the next five games? Of course, he's talking about K-State basketball. Um, as we mentioned, they go to Iowa State, then they go to Houston Wednesday, Saturday this week. They come home Tuesday next week and they take on Oklahoma. And then they go to Oklahoma State, which, as someone said, is that's the easy game. Uh, and then uh, on February 5th, the fifth game in this stretch is, oh, yeah, it's Big Monday uh, with Kansas inside of Bramlage. This is it, boys. I mean, yeah, uh, this this will test that four and one start, because if they can come out, I'm going to be blunt here. If they come out of that stretch at six and four, they're ahead of the game. They just are. Uh, and if they can do seven and three and one of them's a win in Oklahoma State, They've got two on the road and they're up. I mean, it's just yeah. it's the way it is in this conference. You got to protect your home court and win on the road. I think, quite frankly, in this five game stretch, and I don't mean to be negative or anything. This is just how good the league is, and then yeah. with the way the cookie crumbles, with where you're at for a couple of those games, I think if you win two of those five, you're probably not complaining, and if you win three, you're probably thrilled. Yes. I mean, Kansas, Kansas is really tough. You go to Houston, you go to Iowa State, you go to Stillwater, um, and then Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma's a good team, so. None of those games are, are easy, right? Like the, the, those, none of those games you look at and you're like, we got to win that one, obviously, right? Like you right. just beat Oklahoma State in overtime in Manhattan. And so, like I said, I think, I think two, you're okay. And three, you're thrilled. And, and four, you, uh, you, you know, you throw a party and yeah. parade, parade. And, and five, uh, we'll all do the insider shirtless the week after they go five and oh in their next five. No. come on uh uh, if if they if they go five and oh over this next week uh we will have we'll all get fitted for rings on the okay (laughs) all right i don't know who's gonna give us rings we it's not like we're earning anything uh but you know hey if they can pull that off that'd be absolutely incredible and ryan gilbert brian hanley whoever wants to talk I don't put anything past this team. I, and I mean that negative and positive. Mm-hmm. I, I can see them going four and one or one and four. And nothing will surprise me because they've been playing on the razor's edge. Fitz, yeah, I believe. I, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Ryan. Okay. I'll just say real quick that Fitz, I think me and you have both said so Jerome Tang said that he to make the NCAA tournament, just win nine games, right? He said that in a press conference. And I think me and you kind of both took that took that as okay, just win enough games to get in and, and see what happens. But in his press conference today, Tang um, kind of clarified that a little bit further and said that that was just the goal to get in. And right. That's a base. Now, yep. maybe that thought might have changed um, recently after K-State's now 4-1, and one, but Tang kind of doubled down and just sort of, I'm paraphrasing here, but said that that, I mean, I was just, Tang was saying that all, all, all the goal is to just win nine games and then try to play your best basketball in March. And so, I think that that's where this team feels right now is that the ceiling, um, you know, they feel like they can accomplish anything after they win those nine games. And it's interesting. Tang actually said, I think it was before the Wichita State game, they had two more non-conference to go, and the goal was to win 11, right? And they got those two knocked down. So then the goal was to win nine, right? So it's always funny listening to Tang in his press conferences. He's always a little bit, like, vague and stuff, and he just leaves it for us to sort of decipher, right? It's fun, and we're here for it, aren't we? Well, the one thing you sometimes you can get in trouble with changing goals during the season based on the outcomes of other games. 
I think that you got to stick to what he believes, and that's what he believed at the beginning of the season. And with the schedule that K-State has coming up, and I'll take it all the way to the end. If you go all the way from right now to the end of the season, it is a bear. Mm. So if they get nine wins, if they can get to nine wins, and I know people are going to think, well, what are you talking about, Brian? They already have – I mean, they have four wins now. I'm like, well, go look at the schedule. Mm-hmm. You go you go look at that schedule and you tell me where you just think, oh, man, they will easily get to nine wins. You you can't find that. You just can't find that. So I think you stick to your guns. You stick to what you thought. He knows what he's got. Maybe he's saying that to the media or whatever the case may be. But the bottom line is I think you just got to stick to what you what you thought at the beginning of the year because the conference is going to test you. And you knew at the beginning what it is that you had and what you didn't have. And I go, so don't change it based on, okay, we won a couple of games that maybe we shouldn't have or we didn't think we were going to. You don't do that because nope. with this conference, that has an easy way of humbling you quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't know because you don't know. You don't know. Texas, okay, you thought that they were going to just roll into West Virginia. Yeah, and West Virginia slapped him across the face. I'm sure Baylor was like, "All right, we get Texas, this just defunct, <laughs> yeah, crybaby Texas team." Yes, crybaby, yes. <laughs> a and team, they, that, a team that would never jump up and down and celebrate after a win. By the way, no, 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 so no they definitely not. didn't do that after beating Baylor. No, they didn't do that yeah. at all. So, and that's, I mean, you know, going to Stillwater should scare this team. Having to play Oklahoma should scare. I mean, that's yeah. it's just it's it's uh, nothing is nothing is easy. Nothing is free. Nothing is good. <clears throat> Tim, let's have a let's have a talk between. Nothing is good. <clears throat> let's have a talk between two newspaper guys here for yeah. everyone to hear. Um, look, K State men's basketball. Um, we're trying to write stories during the game. We want to get our work done. We're newspaper guys are lazy. But we have deadlines, so that means we can't be too lazy. we got to get it done by this time. We'd like to get our story done, like, at halftime and then just plug in the score. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, here we are, like, noobs just sitting there trying to write a story, and we can't write much until 30 seconds are left or less. You're making Tim Everson work too hard. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this this guy, I, I know he works for an afternoon newspaper. He's not on deadline typically, but still. Think of the children. Think of the Everson. I agree. Blowout <laughs> opponents. It's it is kind of, it is crazy though, and I and I have thought about just that over the last couple games yeah. where it's just like, what am I? I mean, maybe a player kind of gets going a little bit, and I was like, all right, I can have a little section about that. But like, what are you gonna do? Wait, I mean, yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, yeah. I know there's there's some people in the chat that keep saying, "Oh, just hold serve at home." you know, and steal two or three on the road. I'm like, well, wait a second here. I go, if it's just that easy to hold serve at home and we're just going to go and do that, we've gone down to the wire in Mm. some of these games, a lot of these games. So while we're talking about stealing two or three on the road, somebody is going to steal two or three from us at home. Mm. That's going to happen. So it's just just one of those those leagues, man, where it's the best in the country. It's the best in the country by far. They play outstanding basketball from top to bottom. And for you to go win, you can't go somewhere, anywhere in this conference and just think we're going to roll in there and steal a win. That's just not yeah. going to happen. You're, you you got to play good basketball, man. 
we, we did talk e. about it earlier in the show a little bit, just the, how valuable it is, though, to be at home. And I mean, call me crazy, but I'm thinking like I, I like a matchup with, you know, a top 10 team uh, in Bramwich better than I like going to Oklahoma State or something mm-hmm. like that. I, I think when you play in these close games, it's it's going to be so valuable to yeah. be at home. We saw this with K-State football this year a little bit, guys, and that we felt like maybe they had home games they would have won on the road, but their road games they would have loved to have played at home. That Mizzou game you would have loved to have been in Manhattan, right? Mm-hmm. Oak, I mean, Oak, all their losses, really. Oklahoma State and Texas, very, very – tiny margin and if you're thinking if that was in manhattan kansas maybe that goes the other way and i hope the basketball game basketball team doesn't run into the to the same thing where you're saying dang we got these tough ones on the road but it's going to be tough ones everywhere well uh, i'll say this with the next two at home i mean with only two out of these five at home uh you're you're talking at talking about a really improved team under porter Mosier at oklahoma coming in next Mm -hmm. tuesday a week from tuesday i should say and then oh yeah you get ku Mm -hmm. on on a big monday if you do win those two games i'm gonna start buying into unbeaten at home in conference play yeah uh, because those are big humps to get over Uh, but you still got iowa state i don't know who else this unbalanced schedule makes it hard to figure out who's who's where but you still got more challenges you still got teams better than oklahoma state coming in and and you got to beat them uh, and that's that's the key here. But again, um, they just find a way to be right in the right spot to win a game, and they weren't able to do it in Lubbock, but they've been able to do it everywhere else. And um, whoever wants to take this, that's that's a fun brand of basketball. All joking aside about making us newspaper or us writer types work, that's it's pretty fun basketball. So, Big B, you mentioned all. So first. Winning at home is not easy. It's not guaranteed. Well, it's easy. Sorry, it's easier than on the road, but it's not guaranteed, right? However, K-State lost just one game last year inside of Bramwich, and that one game was against Texas, and that was a, a game that, quite honestly, they would have loved, loved to have had back and could have won. And yeah, so, yeah. you know what? It's it's not crazy to say that might be all you have to do is steal a few more on the road. I'm not saying K-State's going to win every game at home, but I mean, history, you know, there's some trends with Jerome Tang, winning in overtime, right? Winning at home. Um, it, it's not crazy to say that all you have to do maybe is just steal some road games. I mean, you got to play the games. You got to win them, but we'll see. Definitely that. Definitely that. Uh, the only thing that I'm trying to bring up, first of all, I don't think this team is n- even in the same stratosphere offensively as the team last yeah, year was. True. That true. would be the first thing. So to be able to win these games, obviously we're playing great defense, and I think we're – we're much better defensively as a basketball team this year than we were last year. But if we don't fix the turnover problem, it isn't going to matter. I'll say that. You know, I'm not trying to be negative nilly. I'm just speaking the truth. If they don't fix the turnover problem, you're not beating Kansas at home with 18 turnovers. That isn't no. happening. You know, you're not going to hardly beat anybody. You know, how we've won these last two games with the number of turnovers that we've had has been incredible. And maybe part of that is playing at home, but Baylor didn't make a whole bunch of shots. Oklahoma State is not as good as Baylor. The other teams that may be coming in here, it's going to be a problem. So if we can fix that, and I'm not saying that we can. I think we can fix it. uh, Then we have a much better chance of winning all of these home games. But I I just think – I don't know if it's necessarily – I'm saying it's not realistic. I'm just saying look at it realistically is that – Yes, we can win all the home games, but I want us to be prepared if we don't that the sky isn't falling 
that if we don't win all the home games, it doesn't mean we still can't get the nine wins. I still think nine wins is an outstanding goal. Yep, I agree. Breaking news on the insiders, uh, Arthur Kaluma, Big 12 newcomer of the week. Okay, cool. That, I mean, he's playing incredible. He yeah, look, he had too many turnovers against Oklahoma State, but without him on on uh, Saturday night, they're doomed. Kluma, yep. wa- Kluma was the victory, um, yeah. and you know, I mean, he just keeps. Well, Kluma, all shot. five of those turnovers came in the first half uh, yeah. until he started shooting the ball. And and Tang mentioned that post game that once he started to just shoot it, not try to pass it, not try to drive, like that's when he was turning it over. And so uh, he's just got to be more assertive. Mike Boynton even mentioned it after the game. Oklahoma State's head coach that. You've got to have that sort of aggressiveness that good players have, and Kaluma had that. Yeah, I, I, that was basically my game. I'll shoot it. I'm not going to pass it to you. I'm not going <laughs> to. You don't want me dribbling it. I'll, I'll just shoot it. And there's, I, I understand it. It's how it roll. Well, I do, think I, that was. I think yeah. that was much. Ne- Sorry to cut you off, Fitz. I think that was much needed, though. I think they. If we talked about it before on this show, like who who's the guy when you need a bucket and you say like we we have to score here, give him the basketball. And I don't know if it's Arthur for sure, but but he showed that it can be at times yeah. at least. Like they and they needed somebody to step up like that and just say, "Fine, I'll, I'll get it done," you know. And, and he did that. I think that maybe the game winner on Tuesday uh, gave him the boost of confidence into Saturday. And hopefully that – but now, and we've talked about this, I think, last week, now Kaluma is the center of the scouting report when you go to, to Hilton and in Ames. So mm-hmm. now their game plan is to stop Arthur Kaluma. And can he still score the basketball when he's he's the one that's circled on the page? And if he can't, then can Tyler Perry step up huge because, okay, they're focused on Arthur. I have to hit my shots now or Camp Carter and so on and so forth. But I think definitely what Dr. ordered in Arthur Kaluma's performance uh, with the huge shot – Tuesday and then a, a huge performance as a whole on Saturday. Tim, do you have something? Well, I, I was just going to say that um, really they had to kind of give him the, the Cam Carter treatment that they, they gave Cam earlier the year. Just like, just score. Just, just go yeah. score. Don't worry about anything else. That's what, that's how you can help us the most is to be a consistent offensive presence. And it's taken a little while. Uh, but he looks so good, and 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 the thing mm-hmm. about him being like number one on the uh, uh, on the scouting report compared to compared to other people, when he's at his best, he's so much harder to stop than I think anyone else on the team because he can do everything. He can. I mean, there's no wonder why he was looking. You know, was in the NBA conversation before he transferred. I mean, he can be that guy. He can be the superstar that K State needs to kind of lead them to that next level, but they, they, they need him to score. They need him to kind of take that step. And hopefully this is kind of just the first little, little step in the process of of him doing that. On the other end of the spectrum, like Tyler Perry was forcing up shots, you know, for a lot of this year. And recently, I think he's done a tremendous job of letting the game come to him. So you've got players like Kaluma and Carter earlier on that you want them to be more assertive. But then I think that, on the on the other end of the spectrum, right? Tyler Perry's done a great job of just letting the game come to him. Yep, he yeah. has been a big difference. And Gills, do you feel like Tyler puts maybe too much pressure on himself? Is that mm-hmm. part of the problem? I I was going through video after the game on Saturday, and he didn't score for the first I think thirty two minutes of the game, and he had, he had a three pointer for his first bucket of the game with eight minutes left, and I zoomed in on him after he hits the shot, and you can visually see just. A, and I think he was. I don't. I think he wasn't feeling well on Saturday. I think he may have been yeah, sick. So I'm sure that. I've, yeah, obviously that didn't help. 
But man, you could see him almost be like, "Thank God, I got one to go down." And I think if he if he can, you know, and that's easier said than done. I mean, when you're struggling, like obviously, he takes pride in being a great shooter. But but is is that part of the problem? Just that that he's beating himself up when they're not going down. I think it. I think his problem is is this from Bradley in the chat. They've got an off guard playing point guard out of necessity. Mm-hmm. I mean, we go back and look at the recruiting. Now there's a guy at Texas and a guy at Texas Tech. They both both of them they thought they were going to get to help. And there's a guy named Quez Glover that is sitting on the bench injured that they thought would help at point. They do not have a veteran true point guard. And I can't emphasize this enough. Being a point guard is a is something you learn through your lifetime. I mean, you're the guy that works on your dribbling when everyone else is doing other stuff. You're the guy who mm-hmm. is worried about cool passes when everyone else is working on it. You work on different skill sets. You see the court differently. You see the game differently. And mm-hmm. you just don't pick that up and start playing it and, and get it. I think Cam Carter has the ability in the half court to be the passer they need, but he's an awful ball handler. Uh, and, and Tyler Perry's actually better. Uh, I had someone notice that they think something's wrong with his left hand. I don't, I don't know if anything, and they thought that was bothering him in the game too. So I think there's a lot going on. I got two topics. So I guys, I want to, I want to take it around, around the, the clock here uh, with Brian Hanley starting since you're in the left and Glenn, then Tim, and then that other guy. Um, <clears throat> it's that you girls. Uh, first of all, Caitlin Clark situation. Uh, the more oh, I've watched of this, the more I'm like, oh, come on. And I've kind of died. Look, running on the court's dangerous. Fans, you you know, be, please be careful. Be conscious where the players are. Uh, but the players need to be conscious where the fans are. And g- give me your thoughts, Big B. Uh, I mentioned to you before we started the show, I was on the field in 1998, storing the field. Uh, there was a lot more people on that field than there was on that basketball court. I can assure you, I didn't touch one single fan. And I was on one end, and I specifically – me and another guy were on one end because I wanted to run all the way down the field and didn't run into anybody. It's amazing what your eyes can do if you just look and you're not running into anybody. Nobody ran into me. You're and, a big dude. That's a big target zone for some people <laughs> to run into. I'm just saying. And I ran into person, the other day. The one person that I <laughs> know that was trying to run into me was my brother. So if you can imagine another guy my size that's looking to run into me specifically <laughs> to knock me down, and he wasn't able to find me. First of all, he couldn't find me, but he didn't do it. So if he wasn't doing it, I'm mm-hmm. just saying, look, it's dangerous. Should it happen on college campuses? Yes. I, I don't care what anybody says. I agree. It, it's fine on college campuses for it to happen. But you're never going to tell me. I don't care what anybody says. She ran into the fan because she wasn't paying attention. It wasn't a cluster of people. It was out in the open in one fan. And she knocked the fan down it wasn't the other way around the the fan didn't knock her down she knocked the fan down so you're running to the to the the locker room stop oh this guy's running in front of me this gal's running in front of me i stop i turn i avoid the fan and i keep running it was much Mm -hmm. to do to me it was much to do about nothing but that's just me glenn kinley yeah i think uh two things can be true at the same time the the fan should have been more careful and i think the student athletes should be protected and should you know like they need to be they need to be able to get to the locker room uh safely and and really 
quite frankly, hopefully not have to even worry about something like that happen or not even have to say, okay, let me make sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she, she sold a little bit. I think that some of that is human nature. I think like you're, you're, you're probably really pissed off about a loss. Right. And sure. then some, it, 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 it's like what a couple of weeks ago, was it Stafford? Uh, I think his, was it his wife that said that yes. the Lions fans were booing her, his, his three children. little kids. I mean, and it's like, on. did, I think she was just saying they were booing and she's like, my kids heard it. And then she tried to like, I don't think anyone ran up to the kids and was like, you suck kid. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, so it, it was giving that vibe a little bit of, Hey, I'm not thrilled about a loss. And then something else that wasn't super ideal happened. And now I'm going to kind of, you know, uh, play into a little bit. I, I, I mean, I like, I get it that she shouldn't have been bumped into I, she shouldn't absolutely, uh, but I think she said after the game that like she was scared or something like that, and I, it felt a little dramatic. Maybe, maybe she, I don't know. I'm like, hey, I'm not here to invalidate Caitlin Clark's feelings. If she was scared, no. maybe she was. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, what if the children are actually jerks? Can can you talk trash <laughs> on this? <laughs> Tim here said, "Give the children were booing the lions." Exactly. What if the children <laughs> had it coming? Uh, Tim here said, "What are your thoughts on the Caitlin Clark situation?" Um. I, I I think that you guys kind of laid it out. I, I I agree. It bears no resemblance to the the infamous chicken wing disaster. Oh. Free Nathan Power, by the way. Um, yes. Is he still is he banned? Still locked up. <laughs> what is he still banned from Bramlage? I have no idea. Is he still in jail? <laughs> he's still <laughs> he's still in a uh, in a prison cell. They had to do like a like a bridge of Spr- spies level prisoner swap and so yeah. he's uh he's he's in a jail under memorial stadium mm. uh, in lawrence and you know All for a uh, violent chicken wing you know and it's it, you know good for them you know they gotta they gotta stop that violence when they can good. um <laughs> go ahead kills you got any thoughts on this i got one more thing i'll just say to anybody that doesn't it, the more that you go on social media, the more angles that you see, the more it's it looks crazy. Like, a, like a total flop job. Like the first angle that surfaced, you're like, oh, wow, this might be an issue. And then there's one above the basket, you know, all this is a flop. So it's a flop. Well, and, and I'll just end it. And I'm sorry, Fitz, I'll, real right. quick. I used to run into people on for a living or not for a living, but at college football, there was never one time that I ran into anybody or anybody ran into me where I stopped, spun around, threw my arms up in the air and then fell down. That that just whether somebody knew I was coming or not, that never happened. Ever. I I saw two football players do it this season. One at the K-State Missouri game, and I think I think it was a KU player did it. Don't do that. Just don't, don't that, do stop that. That's that. Right. It's not it's not a football thing at all. <laughs> stop, man. Oh, my gosh. Okay, final thing. Uh, All I got to say about this is Rodney Terry did apologize for his meltdown, yelling at other players, getting in their face. Um, Your thoughts on this, Glenn Kenley? Hold on, where's it at? There we go. Your thoughts on that? (laughs) It's an overreaction by Terry. Guys, I was in uh, Bramlage when when Texas beat K-State last year. And I was in Austin, actually, when Texas beat KU at the end of the regular season last year. And neither time were they going crazy, but neither time was it let's make sure we hop in the handshake line as quick as possible and don't celebrate and be respectful and keep a straight face. And, you know, I mean, they were celebrating and I think they were I, I, I have to go back and see if I can find the video. But I think they were they were giving it to K-State a little bit when they beat him and, and handed them their only home loss. And, and that's normal, though. And I'll tell you this about about horns down. Every time that that a coach or a player or whoever Matthew McConaughey or whoever wants to get mad about horns down, every other team 
loves horns down that much more. Exactly. And so it was just silly to go on that rant. It was, and it, guys, that was the same thing I'm talking about with Caitlin Clark. You're emotional after a loss. You're upset, and you're and you're you see something you don't like, and you and you you're mad about it. You bent but about that, yeah. F- first of all, I, the other thing that I'll say, and I just think even if they were doing something, you know, that was worse than horns down, like you're not their coach, man. Right. Like, like, and, and if you care that much, and if you're saying, I just want the betterment of those student athletes, then say something to their head coach in private and say, Hey, I saw this man. I, I only say something because I, I would want someone to tell me if, if they saw it with my team or something like that, yeah. but don't yell at them in the, in the line. That was silly. Tim, Tim, you covered that Texas win at Manhattan. I seem to remember some horns ups being thrown at the crowd. Uh, they didn't go right to the handshake line. They threw some horns up out there to, to the fans and you know that's that's the game you win you lose you celebrate you're sad that's the game now should ucf be doing it in the handshake row i don't know if they were like literally throwing the horns down in anyone's face while they were doing that uh, but th- this was ugly because not because of ucf but because of texas's coach shut the hell up take your l and coach your own team from from what i was able to see it, it looked like the, the the players that that terry got some mad at were at the very end mm-hmm. of UCS handshake row, and they were taunting the crowd. Yep, uh, which is great, guys. College basketball is supposed to be fun. <laughs> we're supposed to have fun and call like that's fun. That's a yes. fun thing. It's fun when fans get mad. It's fun when fans are able to celebrate. It's fun when players are able to gloat. It's all part of the fabric of the game. Uh, Roddy Terry just sounds like a coach who's just not going to have a job at the end of this year. Yeah, yep, because he is turning a uh, multi-million dollar roster into a team that may not make the NCAA tournament. Yep. Uh, hi, Max Amos. Max Amos. Yeah. Hey. That's a good move, Max. Hope you're having fun. Gilch, uh, are you a big horns down guy? You seem like you would be. <laughs> no, you wow. seem like that I'm kind of the biggest jerk. horns down guy there is in the world. I know. I know. You got those horns down underwear. I do. Who told you about that? I But. I joined Big B's. It uh, was that Friday last week. I think I was on your show, Big B. And yep. We talked about this a little bit, and I kind of have the same stance that I said on there. Coach your own team. Worry about your players. Let those other guys do what they want to do. If you're not happy with it, win the game. Yep. That's my thoughts exactly. Uh, Tim said it exactly. Uh, Rodney Terry is worried about his job. He, he's turning. He's mad because that's a win they thought. Again, we talked about it. A win that they thought they had at home, and they got beat. And they are turning that roster, that that team, uh, just totally underachieving, which is making Texas fans, they, did we pick the right guy for the job? Yeah. And number two, and I'll just flat out say it, just win the game and you don't have anything to worry about. You, you just don't, period. And my thought throughout all this is that SEC fans everywhere are just going, this is going to be <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. Right. It's going to be a glorious every game. They're going to see the horns down. And they'll complain <laughs> to the headquarters and the folks in the SEC office. Will go, huh? We we don't care. <laughs> They're like, yeah. that's the ninth worst thing to happen from a fan base exactly. at our conference this weekend. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just imagine him going and complaining in Rupp Arena about people <laughs> doing horns down. I mean, really? What? Do, I mean, come on, man. What are you talking about? Do you think the Antlers are going to have some fun with that or what? Oh my gosh, <laughs> the Missouri fans are going to eat that up. Let's take the quick final break here, and then some closing words right after this from our. Sponsors, including Synergy Financial Partners. At Synergy Financial Partners, the vision is to build the world's largest consumer financial education and empowerment company. 
Synergy doesn't just offer you a financial plan. At Synergy, the goal is to help you find your best financial future. Learn more at SynergyFinancial.com. Welcome back to the show. Let's head back to the studio. Hey, uh, Big B, was it obvious that I forgot the second break? And I did it. I, think... <laughs> I was wondering, man. Yeah, yeah, we're doing two breaks now with a sponsor. And I'm like, oh, crap, I got another break to get in. And that's it for this week. A big week for Kansas State basketball. As I mentioned, the men are on the road twice. The women tonight in Waco. This game is on FS1. You don't need the, the ESPN Plus machine for that. It's on FS1, which I thought was interesting. I didn't know FS carried, I guess I did know that. They carry some women's games. Uh, but uh, I think you are all going to want to watch that. Baylor, Kansas State women, number four, number 13 in Waco tonight. Guys, any final thoughts? I would just say there's one home game for K-State basketball this week. Get out and yep. support K-State women on Saturday against BYU. Don't only show up when they're playing Kansas. I, I would love to see a huge crowd in Bramlage on Saturday. I would agree. Tim Everson, any wisdom you want to leave people with? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to go uh, to the K-State KU game uh, with, with my family and just kind of sit and watch it. Uh, if you guys haven't made it out there for a women's game, God, do it. They're, it's do a fun it. brand of basketball. It really is. Do it. And, and look, I know some people aren't into women's basketball, and I always have to point this out. The women and men, these are two different games. They're two different yep. – I don't want to say it's different mm -hmm. sports because they're not, but uh, – the approaches to how you win and compete in these sports are different because of the, mm -hmm. you know, different sizes of the players and athletic talent, the ball's smaller. Um, you know, it's just a lot of differences in these games. I, I, I've always liked quarters. I Let's finish there. Gills, do you want quarters in men's basketball? If I'm correct, college men are the only one playing halves anymore. Pros, women, high school, everyone plays quarters. Oh, you like quarters. That's how much I tip you, but do you want, do you want to play quarters in basketball? uh i'll say no i like the two half system that men have personally but i like buzzer beaters you're wrong uh <laughs> big b what you got cooking this week on, well, hang on. Uh, hey, you didn't give me a chance fits hang on i got two final thoughts two okay, things whatever. number one tim you mentioned it or was that glenn or tim about when it's not just when you play ku right drum tang's always harping on that show up not because of the opponent but for Kansas State, the home team, the team right. that you went to school for, you know, your alumni, whatever. Number two, uh, this Baylor game, like Baylor women haven't canceled, right? That hasn't been. No, no, yet. they've got enough okay. players. All good? Okay. Yeah. They, they, they only had seven get injured between their last game and today. <laughs> Come on. They're fine. They're fine. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say final thoughts. As far as everything concerned, just continue to support Kansas State yeah. basketball. Look, um, women and men, it's tough, especially this time of the year with weather. So I wouldn't suggest anybody risk anything to go to to go be entertained. That that's my whole thing. Don't do that. But at the same time, continue to go out, man. These games right. are fun. Uh, the way that the conference is opening up and the way that the conference is, uh, the Big Twelve is just getting better and guess what we cover the big 12 on the big insiders month mm, tuesday hey. through friday so you can always come join and, and check us out at 1 p.m but having said that yeah just can continue to to go and and support everything that's going on with k-state because it's only going to get better it's only going to get better all of these games men and women so i second all of their um please to keep keep going out and supporting the team man absolutely the big insider just the big 12 show 
every Tuesday through Friday in this exact same time slot on this exact same channel. Please start making that part of your regular. We, we set it up for after lunch. You get back from lunch. You don't want to work very much. Uh, and you turn us on and you go, wow, these guys aren't working very much either. Hey, uh, that's it for this week's edition of the insider. Thanks for everyone. It's been a crowded room, but I enjoyed it a lot. I did. I had to work less and it's always important to me. We'll see you next week. This has been a gopowercat.com and spirit street production. Please support this show by subscribing to this YouTube channel or follow us on your favorite podcast platform.